Welcome to Connection with Brian and Nicole Wright. Hi there. Welcome back to another week of Connection with Brian and Nicole. Hello. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Amen. And you too. <laughs> Thank you for joining us and watching and listening wherever you're uh, listening and watching from. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're tag teaming it. Tag, you're it. <laughs> If you want to go back and see more episodes of us being normal, you can go to connectionshow.org. <laughs> My kidding, we're not normal. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> but you can still go back and see more episodes of this, um, the one we're going to do today, which is continuing on with the biblical finances. We've done two more before this one, and you can go back and see them again on connectionshow.org. While you're there, Comment. Let us know where are you watching from. What have you gotten out of this? What would you like to hear? Um, this or any other topic. We want to hear from you. We want to connect with you and help you to connect with God. So yes, amen. We are rolling on. Amen. With finances. <laughs> so anyway, we just welcome you. We're talking about biblical finances, part three, and today we're talking about abundance. What does God say about abundance? We talked about the importance of talking about biblical finances in part one. In part two, we looked at uh, what does God say about uh, lack and what does he say about debt? And basically, we, you know, we talked about biblical finances because he wants to get abundance in our lives and get us away from debt because he loves you. He loves you. Uh, second of all, he loves other people. Uh, debt is a bondage, so he wants to move you out of that. But then also, he wants to see his kingdom and his covenant established in this world. And the, all four of those things do not happen inside of lack and inside of debt. They happen inside of the freedom of abundance. And we talked about the reason why it's important uh, in the word. A lot of times people, they, they will stay away from finances. And it, actually, Jesus kind of laid it out there saying that finances is sort of like uh, Christianity 101. And so that's what we talked about in the first episode of this. The second one, we talked about that debt and how much of a bondage it is. And Jesus came to set the captive free. And so today, what we're doing is we're looking at abundance. What does God say about abundance? Because a lot of times people in the past have thought that uh, humility was having nothing. Uh, somewhere that got twisted and really, I believe, became a deception yeah. uh, in the church uh, that basically, you know, people that were Christians should have nothing. And that actually is, when contrary you uphold it, it's completely word. contrary to what God says. And we're going to show you some of those because when you start getting into some of the scriptures that God says about abundance and prosperity, it's obvious the way the Lord thinks about it. Yeah. You have to go against a ton of scriptures to stay in that place. True humility is not uh, looking humble in the eyes of men. True humility is looking humble according to the sight of God. Yeah. And there's a big difference. We talked about in the first one that money is simply a tool that amplifies the heart of the user of that money, the one who has it. So if somebody has wealth or they have money in their lives, it's going to amplify who they are. Right. Um, God is not opposed to money. What he doesn't like and the root of all evil is the love, love. of money. And that's totally different from money itself. 
But we as Christians need to make sure that we have good balance there, making sure that we're seeking the kingdom first, not just seeking our own things, and that we don't love money, but we use it the way that the Word tells us to use it. And so in doing that, you have to examine what does God say. To really seek humility, and in humility is where grace is given to your life. That's where God empowers you and gives you the favor that he really wants to give you. He strengthens you to all the things of salvation through grace. But in order to get to grace, you have to move into humility. The word says that when we get humble, he gives grace and even a greater grace. Mm -hmm. So greater empowerment, greater favor. And that's the place where he can start to move in uh, the things that he wants to do in your life. He, want, he can empower you to those places in your life. But it comes through humility. So one of the things we want to do is we want to humble ourselves to the Lord and say, what does the Lord say in his word about biblical finances? What does he say about debt? What does he say about abundance? And then we don't ask God to change to our way of thinking. We actually change our way of thinking to how God thinks and we move into that. One of the things that I think is important, and I don't know that this scripture is in uh, our text, but let's look real quickly at Luke 2.52. This has become one of my favorite scriptures. Luke 2.52. You remember that Paul said this. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. So when we see the things that Christ did, obviously, as a Christian, these are things that we need to move towards. You'll notice in this verse, here was a way of Christ. Here was a way of the things that Jesus did. Luke 2.52, and Jesus kept increasing. Now, I want to, before we go to the rest of the verse, I want you to see that he did not stop increasing. He continued and continued and continued. He kept increasing. This is a way of the Lord. And, you know, people have used a false humility and said this is Western thinking, but it's not Western thinking. This is actually what he did. He continued to increase. And what did he increase in? He increased in wisdom and stature. That stature is maturity. So he increased in wisdom and maturity and favor with God and men. Not just God, but God and men. So one of the things, we did a series at Boomerang that talked about that the Lord wants us to continue to increase. We went through scripture after scripture that talked about how much we need to increase. Well, what do we need to increase in? Anything, anything that is of God. Yes. So now let's look with true humility, not a false humility that the world teaches us, but true humility goes into the Word, sees what God thinks about a subject, and then they start to change their life to God. And so let's look at what God says about abundance. And so again, we'll go back to our key scriptures, 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2. You have that? I have that one. And it says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So in all respects, not just a few, but in all of them, the heart of God is that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. So you have material prosperity, uh, 
of physical prosperity and spiritual prosperity, all there in the in those verses. Right. And this is the heart of God. And you notice that he says, look, to those that I love, beloved, mm-hmm. I'm believing that you will. All right, let's look at our second verse that we were looking at, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. I have that one too. And that one says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Say me. He's making it all abound to me. Yes. So that always, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. You are a vital part of that peace. You may have an abundance for every good deed. So you're blessed. We're blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Amen. So those two verses, one of the things that we're seeing is that the Lord wants... How can we move into an abundance or how can we move into every good deed if we don't have an abundance? He shows that his way is to perform every good deed out of the abundance that we have. If we don't have abundance in our hands, we will not be able to do every good deed. This is how the Lord set that up. So let's look at Deuteronomy 28, 12. So the first verse we look at there, He says, look, in all respects, I want you to prosper Mm -hmm. physically, materially, uh, in our our body, in our hand, and spiritually. Then he says he wants to give us an abundance. He He will give us all grace and cause it to abound in us so that we will have an abundance for every good deed in everything. This is amazing, absolute promise. And then let's look at this. This is a part of the blessings of the Lord. This is Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12. And look at this. It says, The Lord will open for you His good storehouse. His good storehouse. So not, not... open up somebody else's storehouse. This is the storehouse of God. Right. Imagine how big and how plenteous that storehouse is. He will open for you his good storehouse. I just, right now, one of the things I think that needs to happen is when we read that, we need to make that, that personal. You mean, God, right now, you will open up your good storehouse to me? That's exactly what that word's saying. So you need to stop sometimes and pause and say, that's what he's doing for me and make it yours. Make that promise yours. That's a lot of time what we're missing is we read this and we read, oh yeah, God's so good. But then we don't apply it to ourselves. We don't believe that Jesus uh, effectively, our belief says this, I don't believe that Jesus did enough for me to actually receive that. Right. Now that's challenging but that's where a lot of times our actions, our inactions uh, result and leave us at. And we don't actually take these promises and make them ours. Whereas I'll tell you, when I read this now, I'm, I look at this and I go, he's given me his good storehouse. Yeah. Now, why is he giving us his good storehouse? Well, one, he loves us. Two, he's looking to get an abundance to us for every good work. So right. two, he loves other people. I can't bring good work to you if I don't allow the abundance to come to me. Right. And I can't have the abundance come to me if I think that Jesus didn't do enough or he doesn't want it for me. So I've got to read this verse and make it personal. So he says, the Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give rain 
to your land in its season. In other words, what that's saying is what, you know, and then it says to bless all the work of your hand. That means no matter where you find yourself, he, what you find yourself doing, he will open his storehouse to bring the blessing down, to give growth in your work, to give growth to what you've planted, to give growth to what you've sown, the time, the effort, the resource, so our job then is not just to plan it, but to believe in faith that he is bringing growth to what I've done already. Right. Uh, he's already, what I've already planted, what I've already sown, money, time, energy, effort, right? Anything that I've sown, he's bringing growth out of his storehouse, not mine, to me. And then it says, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Amen. Like what we talked about last yeah. week is how can you be the lender if what you have in your hand is just enough to meet your needs? You can't lend unless you have overage, unless you have above, unless you have abundance over what you need. And that blessing right there shows you must have abundance to move into the place where you're the lender. And he doesn't want you to be the borrower. All right, so now let's look at the next verse. And this is 2 Corinthians 8, 9. And I'm already there with that one, so I can read it. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might be rich. That's one that a lot of people will quote and say, yes. He was poor, so we're supposed to be poor. Right. And that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, it's saying the exact opposite. Yeah, we've talked about this one multiple times. Somebody that's poor doesn't have a robe so priceless that yes. they abandon their custom of ripping the clothes. And instead what they did is they cast lots for it. It was their custom to when they killed yes. someone, when they um, crucified someone, they would take their clothes and they would rent them in two. And they saw Jesus's seamless garments. Yes. And they cast lots for it because it was so priceless. It was worth yes. so much. Someone that is actually poor is not going to have that. Yes, that's right. And it when it talks about this, a lot of people say he was spiritually poor. And there's two things about that. No matter which way you go with that, let's say that, uh, first of all, it's not talking about spiritual uh, lack there. Right. It's talking about physical lack. Yeah. So he was saying that he was rich not only in heaven, but even he was rich in earth. We could go into that in other scriptures, but that's not what we're talking about today. But it literally, the word there means uh, physical wealth. Rich means physical yes. wealth in that verse. But let's say for the sake of argument, it didn't. Let's say that it meant spiritual lack or spiritual richness, right? Well, then you go back to that first verse that we talked about, and it says, Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Right. So no matter which way you go, the end result is God wants you wealthy, That's right. materially in your body and spiritually. He wants you all of those. Spiritually comes first, and then wealth uh, to your finances and to your health comes after that as a as a product of that. Right, Amen. Right. I love this. Uh, this one, of course, we talk about a lot. How Jesus said uh, to the disciples, "This is how you pray." They said, "Teach us to pray." And he said, 
Pray this way. You want to read that? I do. I like this prayer. So in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 11, he says, Pray then in this way. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So we've already discussed what his will was. Yeah. You know, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper. He, Jesus came that we have life and have it in abundance yes. so that we can prosper for every good work. So we've, we've already paved the way for what his, his will is. And then Jesus, this is red letter. It's telling us, pray that his will would be done on earth. Well, yes. look, we already know his will. And Jesus is telling us to pray that it be done on earth. Then right here, we know for a fact that Jesus wants us to be abundant on earth, not just yes. in the sweet by and by. Yeah, there's no lack in heaven. That's right. There's no lack in heaven. So when he says pray this way, he says anything where there's lack uh, that's on the earth, that's not in heaven, I want it reversed. Yeah. I want it reversed. Then this one, uh, the, the Lord's, uh, excuse me, uh, Psalm 23 about the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. That's right. Now see, a lot of times people will say even that's in heaven, but if you go on the, the fifth verse, it says, you prepare a table before me in mm -hmm. the presence of my enemies. That's not in heaven. Yeah, no enemies in heaven. <laughs> you anointed my head with oil, my cup. Listen, listen for all the terms of abundance. My cup overflows. Not just to the brim, not just full, it overflows. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. Listen to the abundance. I shall not want. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He, through his poverty, he became poor so that you might be rich. Right? He would open up his storehouse to bless all the work of your hand. You'll lend and not borrow. He wants to give you abundance for every good deed. And I pray in all respects that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. It's, you start to see abundance, 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 abundance. Right. And we're not done. <laughs> we're not done. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Yes, Psalm 65, 11. I like this one. It says, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even in the hard pathways, overflow with abundance. Yes. You know, so even when the world is having a recession or hard times, your pathways overflow right. with abundance. Glory to God. We yes. don't take part in yes. the world system because we're of a heavenly system. We're yes. of God's kingdom. Yes. We take part in what he says. He says your pathways overflow with abundance at all times. One of the big keys to walking in the blessings of God is recognizing how to operate when these promises. Logically, the way that we've been taught on this earth is, let's say the world goes into a depression, then all of a sudden we feel like uh, we need to go into a depression with it. But this right here says that even the hard pathways in our lives overflow with abundance. Well. To us, in our physical brain, according to the world's kind of corrupted thinking, that does not make logical sense. In other words, if the world is in a depression, then my financial state needs to be in a depression. But here's where the you find yourself choosing one path or the other. Am I going to listen to logic of the world 
and the way that the world's taught me, or am I going to listen to the voice of the Lord? Am I going to listen to the promise of God who cannot lie? And at that point, you decide, I don't partake with the world's logic. It's messed up. The world does not have the answers that we've been looking for. How many of us have tried and, and all of us come up short? But if we will pay attention to the things of God, now all of a sudden, and I choose his promises. In other words, the next time a depression comes or a hardship or a recession, you look at this and you say, no, you may be in, an, in a depression world, but I don't live in that place That's anymore. Right. Now the world's going to look at you and think you're crazy, think you're nuts. You know, they're going to think, well, who do you think you are? I'm a child of God. That's who I am. I'm not operating by the rules of this world anymore because I've been translated out of that kingdom yeah. and into the kingdom of his dear son. I don't operate by those rules anymore. I have the law of the spirit of life operating inside of me, and it draws me into the life that's overflowing in God. And when you make that choice and you stand on it, and it, the word says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the price that Jesus paid, uh, the word of their testimony. In other words, their mouth confessed where they were at and they loved not their life to the death. That's how they overcame all the plans of the mm -hmm. enemy, all the plans of the devil. In other words, they believed in the price that Jesus paid to the full. In other words, he didn't just pay for me to live forever and reconnect with God only. He paid for me to be healthy, to be wealthy, to establish his covenant. He paid for me to be protected. He, pray, he paid uh, for me to be delivered. He prayed for me to be whole. And he did the exact same for you. The difference is who will believe it and who will act on it. Well, I believe it. And then you can say with me, you can say the same thing. No, I'm not taking part in this recession. I'm not taking part in this lack. It's not the way the will of God is in heaven. It's not going to be like that for me. And then you stand on that and you, you don't let the flesh come in and move you. That's what that third part means. They love not their life even to the death. In other words, they stood on it even in the face of ridicule, even in the face of death. They stood and held on to the promise of God and they were overcomers. And so when you choose to believe in his promises like this, you will see the abundance of God, I promise you, because words, the word of the Lord will not return void. This uh, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Now you see right there, the Lord wants us to be in wealth. He wants our increase. Yeah. And he says, honor. The way of the Lord is to give you wealth that you may honor him with. And then when you get that wealth, don't forget where it came from. He's the one who gives us the power to get wealth. And he adds no sorrow to it. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty. Mm -hmm. You hear the abundance there? Yeah. Your wealth, your plenty, your vats will overflow, overflow. with new wine. There's abundance. There it is again. Uh, Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. It will be given to you. They will pour into your lap good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Right? Abundance, 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 abundance. Romans 8.32, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all yeah. things? Abundance. 
Malachi 3.10, talking about the tithe. And then he says at the end of it, he will open the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing till it overflows. Yeah. Abundance. Yeah. Luke 5, 4 through 7. They throw the net on the other side. Verse 6. They enclosed a great quantity of fish. Then their nets, so big their nets began to break. And then in verse 7, they came and filled both the boats so that so much, so, so much abundance that they, they began, began to, to sink. sink. <laughs> I love it. Abundance. That's overflow and abundance. <laughs> it's overflow, 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 abundance. This is the heart of God. <laughs> it's the heart of God. God is so good. <laughs> I'm making fun of me. All right. <laughs> Look at this. This is one of my favorites as we wrap up. Genesis 26, uh, 12 through 16. And this is the key. Next week, what we're going to talk about is how do you move from lack into abundance? How do you move out of debt and into the abundance? We're going to show you how and tell you how next week. This right here is the beginning of it. Isaac sowed in the land, Genesis 26, 12. Isaac sowed, he gave in the land. And he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. There's abundance. And the man became a, a little better than normal. No, no, no. That's not what the scripture says. He, said, he became rich, rich. rich, rich. And continued. <laughs> and continued to grow richer. This is not talking about spiritual richness. Right. And he continued to grow richer. Let me say it this way. And he continued to increase. Mm -hmm. Sounds like Jesus that we talked about earlier. He continued to increase, and he continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. Yeah. Didn't God know when he was a little wealthy? Yes, and God said, I want you to become very wealthy because, remember, it's God who gives the power to get wealth. He became very wealthy for he had possessions. Oh, the wealth is not spiritual it's talking about only. He says he had possessions, flocks. Herds, a great household, so that the Philistines envied him. <laughs> envied him. Yeah. Now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, the, stopped up those wells by filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are too powerful for us. In other words, his wealth overflowed in abundance so much so that the people said, we envy you, we're scared of you, you've got to go away, you have too much. Yeah. Abundance, 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 abundance. Again, is this abundance just for you to go and have a fun time for the rest of your life on this earth? Well, part of it is that for God to bless you, but that's not all yeah. of it. If you think that that's all of it, now that's messed up thinking. Yeah. He, there's 50% he loves you, but the other 50% is he loves other people around you. He wants to establish his covenant in the earth. That's why he gives us the wealth. He wants to establish his covenant. And out of your abundance and a heart towards God, you can turn that abundance into every good deed and every Amen. good work. And people come to realize that God is worthy of trusting and believing in. It's part of his plan of salvation and evangelism. God wants to bless you. 
If you want to be blessed today, just pray this with me right now. You can become an heir of the things of God. Haven't you always wanted to be an heir? Have a lawyer call you up and tell you you're an heir. <laughs> Hey, you've got a great big inheritance you didn't know anything about. I'm telling you right now, there's an abundance and an inheritance in God. Pray this right now to become an heir. Just say, Jesus, Jesus I, ask you to bless me. I ask you to bless me. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. You are the Lord of my life. You're the, Lord of You're my the life. director. You're the director. You, call the shots, you call the shots, and I'm obedient. And I'm obedient. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you and died I believe for that me. God brought you and back I to life. That God brought you back I to life. turn my ways turn my way from a sinner, from a sinner to, an heir. to an heir. You're my Lord. You're my Lord today. Today. In Jesus' in name. Jesus name. Amen. 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 You can walk in abundance if you have other questions and send them to us. Thank you so much for joining us on Connection again. We just praise God for you. Lord, bless them in every way, yeah. in everything. In Jesus' name, amen. We just amen. praise God for you today. Anything before we leave? Have an awesome week. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Amen. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Brian and Nicole for this week's broadcast. Connection is all about connecting you more intimately with Jesus where you can find true joy and really live. Contact us or watch more shows online at connectionshow.org. We love you. Have a great week.